materialising on an Edwardian sailing boat in space, the Doctor and his companions, Tegan and Turlow, find themselves caught up in a mysterious race, which the prize for winning is enlightenment, the wisdom to find your heart's desire. And when the Black Guardian continues to pressure Turlow to complete his side of their murderous pact, it seems the Doctor may not survive to cross the finish line. This is enlightenment. Welcome to Regenerated. I believe you. You're mad. What I've said is true. You believe him because he gave up enlightenment for your sake. You're missing the point. Enlightenment was not the diamond. Enlightenment was the choice. Hello everyone and welcome back to Regenerated. My name's Matt and I'm joined as always by my wonderful wife Becky. Hi. And this week we have Enlightenment. But before we get into that, there's a little bit of news. Uh, which is uh, Doctor Who Blu-ray news. So obviously they are releasing. It's a bit sporadically. Sporadic. So Not sp- sporadic. Sporadic. Whatever. Again. There's no tea in it. Anyway. They're, they're not as obviously as uh, common as what I think the fans would like. But I think it's because of what they put um, into the actual box sets. I think that's what takes all the time. But we have actually got some news and they've actually released. You mean the, you have? Well, yes. Uh, where they've released what the next one is. And it's ironic, really, because we're watching it. So season 20 is now going to be released uh, with what we're watching Probably at the not. minute. And actually, to be honest, they're saying it's the biggest box set they've released uh, released with all the sort of special no, features we're not on it. and stuff like that well i think because there's no there's no uh, release date as it is but i'm thinking we're in a july now i'm thinking roughly maybe oh September. are we i was wondering what this month was well i'm just saying it for the benefit of the listeners maybe um well come off it you know it's my birthday well, month yeah but not being funny people might be listening to this in months to come they yeah, might not well, know when know. this was actually recorded. But I'm thinking it may be September time, maybe early October, I think is when it comes out. And I think by then we're going to be well into probably Colin Baker by then. So um, they're saying it's the biggest box set they've done within terms of special features. It does seem like it's going to be that way. There's like five hours of studio footage and five hours of convention footage. And that's just little bits that I probably won't watch. Uh, but there's some really good documentaries on there. There's one where um, Peter Davison, Jeanette Fielding and Sarah Sutton, they go uh, to Amsterdam to sort of go to the locations of, um, what's it called? What was the first episode oh, serial called? The one with Omega? I can't remember what it's called now. My mind's gone know. black. My mind's gone blank. But yeah, uh, that one, basically. Amsterdam. I know it was in Amsterdam. I should really know. I should have the um, the actual fandoms episode guide, which is here. Let me just have a quick look on the fly and see what it was. It was Arc of Infinity, 
that's the one. And they go back to Amsterdam and they sort of revisit some of the sort of studio, uh, the film shots that they did. And there's also a really good one where they go uh, in a car and they travel Europe, which I think is quite an interesting one. There's also one where Jeanette Fielding actually meets Martin Clunes, obviously 40 years on from the serial um, Snake Dance. So there are some really good little bits on here. And also the trailer was quite an interesting um watch as well i would say it involved i wonder if he's still got a costume well maybe you never know we might find that out in the uh the special feature when we watch it um yeah th- you mean when you watch it yeah. and i'm asleep well yes um but uh i was gonna say i was gonna say that uh yeah the trailer was a very interesting watch it involved uh Jeanette fielding uh as tegan um and she gets this like sort of phone call she ends up at sort of, this sort of fairground sort of place uh, where she finds the doctor. I think the TARDIS is there. The doctor's TARDIS and uh, Nissa has returned. But it was a bit funny because Nissa's car- car- um, costume, or Sarah Sutton's costume as Nissa, looks very much like normal wear for Sarah Sutton. You know, it just looked like she just turned up in her own clothes. But apart from, I think they need to resize that like boob tube sort of thing because. Well, we will get to be the fair. Outfit. It looks like it's really crushing her boobs. We will get onto the outfit that she's been wearing in this uh, season. But yeah, it was quite an interesting thing where she then there's like a little bit with the Mara. Obviously, that's not Tegan's. to mention. Have they ever had of washing powder? Mm. Uh, obviously, Tegan's big thing was the Mara. Point. So they had a little bit about that, and then they obviously show you all the trailer of the actual episodes and stuff like that, and. Then all the special features and all that. And yeah, it's quite an interesting one. So my advice would be go on to YouTube and watch that on the BBC account. It's really good. And I I do like these trailers. They do actually put a lot of effort into them. The actual video ends up being 13 minutes long. And that's just a trailer for the Blu-ray box set. So yeah, I think that's quite a good one. So we're excited for that one. But the the problem is, is that we're already watching it. So (laughs) It's, mm. It might be one of them things where I'll watch the specials, not the episodes, because we're just now watching them. But anyway, so Enlightenment, which is very much reminiscent of the one where a uh, Fort of Doomsday, wasn't it? Where they had like, what was it? Um, the sort of the, the froggy toady people. And one of them was called Enlightenment. That was the f- first thing I thought when I... No, the only thing is, is when obviously when I think of Enlightenment, I thought Buddhism... That's nothing remotely to do with it at all. So if we can recap quickly, we're in the Black Guardian trilogy. This is the last serial of that trilogy now. Last one, the last serial saw Turlow, who has joined the TARDIS crew. He's being manipulated by the Black Guardian, and he basically wants him to take out the Doctor. In the last episode, uh, last serial, he actually sabotaged the TARDIS, and that's where like all the hijinks sort of ensued from. This week, we kind of go back to that. But before we do go into the sort of the um, the plot line, the synopsis, and all that, we'll just go through some of the logistics. So, Enlightenment was the first to the 9th of March. It's four episodes long. It was written by Barbara. Clegg, and this is her first, um, her first and only, I think, first and only Doctor Who story. It was directed by a Fiona Cumming, who um, has done uh, a few things. Hopefully, now. not related to Dominic Cummings. No, no, uh, she's done Castrovalva, Snake Dance, and now Enlightenment. And there's one more to go for hers. The poll was actually. I'll get into my thoughts and feelings on this one, I think, as we go through it. But the poll is actually really high. It's in the top 100. It's 75 in the poll. So that's actually quite 
respectable, mm. I think. I think you'll find it maybe the highest out of the Black Guardian trilogy. I think it is. Yeah. And uh, I think that's everything. Uh, a synopsis materialising on an Edwardian sailing yak. Yacht. Yacht. I know what I mean. In space, the doctor... Well, good job you do, because no one else do. It could have been a yak. could have been a furry Edwardian sailing yak. Um, except yaks, I don't think, can actually swim. So, well, and yaks do. are like really furry bulls. So balls? Like big bulls. You're thinking like, of something else, my love. No, big furry bulls, bulls are yeah. called yaks. Okay, we'll move on from your furry bulls. In like Tibet and places like that, you <laughs> twit. So, it was a, it's a yacht in space. The Doctor and his companions, Tegan and Turlo, find themselves caught up in a mysterious and deadly race. The prize is enlightenment, the wisdom to find your heart's desire, and it quickly becomes clear that one of the crews will not let... Uh, will let nothing and no one stop them claiming victory as the Black Guardian pressures Turlo to complete his side of the murderous pact. It seems that the Doctor may not survive to cross the finish line. So, yeah, kind of in a nutshell, there's a bit more to it than that, but um, yeah. So, last serial, quickly, it does stay in there. The companion set is now two, so it's Turlo and Tegan. Obviously, Nyssa left us last time. And now we're... um, Mm, She was a bit whiny. I quite liked Sarah Sutton's character as Nissa. I just think they didn't really go anywhere in the end. Mm. I thought it sort of petered out, so it was kind of like, yeah, it's time to go. Um, so, part one, uh, sabot- Turlo's sabotage of the TARDIS has left the control room dark and on black backup lights until the systems are repaired. So, obviously, last week, as part of that serial story, he damaged the TARDIS, and now we're going back to the Doctor repairing the TARDIS. Um, Turlo's playing a game of chess. Uh, Tegan, I think it's it's supposed to be with Tegan, isn't it? And she's not really caring, to be honest. She just wants to get the the TARDIS back up and running. It's a bit... Selfish. Bit, yeah, a bit fun. Funny that, you know, Turlo's sitting there playing a game of chess while the Doctor's trying to get the TARDIS back up and work, and he doesn't really care, to be honest. So that was a bit, a bit of a giveaway, to be honest, that he's not really bothered. Um, but anyway, so Tegan and Turlo play chess. Well, as I said, the Doctor thinks he hears a voice calling him. He instructs Turlo and Tegan to increase the power as he walks into the corridor. He sees the White Guardian having trouble material materializing in the TARDIS. So we haven't seen the White Guardian since the Key to Time uh, saga. I and think this it's is the a first time. Actor as well. I don't know if it is. I think they might be different. Um, because he look the White Guardian looks more like uh, Colonel Sanders of KFC. Whereas this guy doesn't. They've kind of changed their out- outlooks as well now. So the Black Guardian is but you mentioned last, was it last week he has like a bird on his head which is like a yeah, raven yeah they both have birds on yeah, their head yeah and I was just that's what I was going to say the white guardian he has a bird as well which would be what, a dove would you say maybe a dove for light I don't know it's kind of obviously that light and darkness mm. Um, so he's having trouble it's a with, dodgy looking dove though well, yeah well it's a dodgy lo- looking crow to be honest not really but yeah so he's having trouble can you really tell us it's really dark so how are you going to know right, that's it so he's having trouble materialising into the uh, the TARDIS. He's basically trying to uh, basically tell the doctors of like the dangers that are like sort of await him, and he basically through sort of in and out 
um, like conversation as it keeps sort of muting, uh, he gives him a set of coordinates. Before the White Guardian can explain further, the Black Guardian appears and interrupts the communication. As far as I can tell, the Doctor can't see the Black Guardian at this point mm. because he doesn't react to him. So I think that's just for the benefit of us viewers, that bit. So the Doctor then sets the coordinates into the TARDIS. The TARDIS materialises in what appears to be like a ship's hold. They leave Tegan in the TARDIS in case the White Guardian tries to contact them again. And Turlo and the Doctor sort of go off to explore. So they there's like these officers as well, or an officer in the, the hold who keeps coming in the hold that they mention has got like a blank expression on his face. Um the uh it basically like it says it Edwardian naval uniforms and uh, the Doctor and Turlo then enter a room and find it occupied by the crew of a sh- of the ship. So we later find out that these people are actually they're human aren't they i think but they call them something else which we'll get to eternals well no we'll, we'll get into what the eternals are as well but these are like epith epith or something epimoles or something like that they're kind of like people that have been plucked in me from like space and time like humans thermals um, thermals yeah i think it's a thermals there's an f not th on here, it's E E P H E M E R A L S. Then that's probably ephemals. Ephemals. I think that's what we're going with today. That's that's the buzzword we're going with. We're not going to try and I'm not going to try and pronounce it. I think it is ephemals um, or epitherm, epimoles or epithermials or whatever. We'll go for thermals. So they're, I think they're like people that have been plucked out of like history and that. They don't have the memory of like how they got onto these ships. Oh, that's all the rum. All the rum. Well, that's all the rum. They the, keep giving them shots of rum. Yeah, but there's supposed to be something else in that rum as well. But we don't. Yeah, really I know. But to be fair, if they had is. enough shots of rum during the day, you're going to mm. end up a bit la la land anyway. Yeah. So they enter this uh, this room, which has got the crew of the ship in. After we being... all know what happens on parts of the Caribbean. Yes, the rum runs dry. Is no. It? I thought he runs out of rum. That's in one of them. Yeah, exactly. That's the second one. All right. The first one, he gets stuck on an island with a ton of rum. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so after being ignored um, and then confronted by the crew who the doctor, who think the doctor is their new cook, because doctor being seaman slang for ship's cook. Did you know that, Becky? No. You didn't know that. No. Well, I didn't know that either. I thought when I thought when they said he's a doctor, they just thought he was a doctor and that he was there. But then obviously they say about oh they've been eating his rubbish basically, and he says ah oh, they want him to be the cook basically. So I'm intentionally used basically in a sentence. Mm. The doctor speaks with the crew and learns that they remember nothing of coming aboard. They have been below decks the whole time, and the ship has been entered in some sort of race. Tegan leaves the TARDIS and meets the ship's first mate, Mariner, I think it is, uh, an officer with the same distant look, escorts the Doctor and Turlow to see Captain Stryker, who offers them dinner. The dinner is interrupted when the wind picks up and the officers announce that the race has begun. So, obviously, spoiler alert is they're actually not on like a galley ship or anything like that. We're supposed to uh, believe they are, but we find out later on that they are actually in space. And your question was, how can they have wind in space? But they do explain it, I think, in a, in a sort of small solar way. Solar winds, yes. And I think that is actually a proper 
like a physics thing, isn't it? Solar winds. I've heard of them before. And I, think, I think there are solar winds in space, so that would be how... Yeah, well, we don't have solar winds in here. So That's more of the fact of when you're from. Right, thanks for that, Becky. <laughs> Just lower the tone of the podcast, as you, as you like to do sometimes. Anything else you want to, to add? No. No, okay then. In the wheelhouse, the Doctor sees a map of the race course, complete with marker buoys, which he recognises as the planets of Earth's, Earth's solar system. Mariner operates... I'm not even going to say that. Electronic controls. We'll go with that one. A video screen activates the, to show the other contestants. A Greek ship, I'm going to say. A 17th century pirate ship and other vessels from different times, all floating in deep space. So that's kind of like the big reveal at the end of the episode. So part two, Stryker and his officers are Eternals, which are basically beings who live in the trackless waste of eternity. They're also immortal as opposed to the Doctor and his companions who are Ethemials. Ethemials. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's Ethemials. I'll go for Ethemials. I think that one sounds a bit more better. When Stryker uses the video screen to observe his competitors, the Doctor notes the period's detail aboard the Greek ship, where the captain, uh, Sitaras, I think that's how it's pronounced, and his crew are dressed in in the fashion of ancient Greece, is all correct. However, when an image of Sitaras himself appears on the screen, the Doctor notices Sitaras is wearing, on his first finger of his right hand, a... Anachronoclistic 17th century Spanish signet ring with a large red crystal. Try and saying that when you've had a few. That was quite. Uh, yeah, hard. Right. so he had one bottle of lager. Yep. So basically, um, he's wearing obviously a ring, like I said, and it's got a little red crystal, which is out, out of place for the time period that the ship's from. Mm-hmm. So that's also a bit of a clue. So as the ships round Venus, the Greek ship suddenly explodes when it tries to overtake the pirate ship. Stryker believes it was the gravitational pull that did it, but the Doctor suspects otherwise. So the actual Edwardian ship that they're on, they do the same sort of thing, don't they? And they mm-hmm. say about uh, the planetary like um, planetary pull, but they survive it, whereas this Greek one just absolutely blows up also because they're uh eternals they're not really bothered by this either tegan who's appeared is a little more bothered obviously mm-hmm. because they've just basically died um, and she's not really understanding what's happening here but anyway so um tegan feels ill so marin escorts her to a room which she soon realizes a mixture of her room in the tardis and her bedroom back in brisbane they have been reading her mind which is another little clue mariner mariner seems quite taken by tegan finding her mind fascinating and full of life and then there's a little there is a little bit thing later on where she does ask if he's in love with her but as they're eternals they don't really know the sort of well they don't know really emotions no, they don't really know the quality of what love is. Well, no, he didn't really know what love was at all. And when she thought the Doctor had died, she he didn't even know what grief was either. No, no. so they don't really... Understand. Yeah, they don't really understand. So in the conversation with Stryker, the Doctor learns that Eternals use Ethemials for their thoughts and ideas. The Eternals have lived for so long, they are unable to think for themselves. They need human minds to give them existence and entertainment. But that is why the ship uses human crews. So they're kind of like um, sort of pimping pimping them out, really, for their mind, really. That's kind of what they're doing here. 
and they kind of want a bit of like fun and entertainment really and they can get that from human crews uh, the purpose of the race however is more than entertainment the prize is enlightenment which is the wisdom to know everything but it is it is one of them sort of points that it does come back at the end of the serial about does what enlightenment is too, actually yeah, is is too much knowledge too much basically is wi- is too much wisdom too much should we know everything I don't well, I think the point is, I think if you know everything, then what else is there to learn? I think that, and also I think that by not knowing everything, it gives you drive. If you think of everything that's happened in some histories, like say, take the moon landings. If people knew everything about the moon, they wouldn't bother. But then through the moon and technology and intrigue. the advancement, yeah, of the advancement of technology. And as, intrigue and yeah, curiosity. As, it kind of pushed on the technology, didn't it? So yeah. you kind of needed that. If you just had all wisdom and knowledge, you we might have... not have warband. No, we wouldn't. Probably <laughs> not. So yeah, it is one of them questions. Um, that is an interesting one. Listeners, let us know in the spider. comments. Let us... Spider. Yeah, it's on the outside of the window. Sure, that's why I said it was spider on the outside of the window. Okay. Let's know your death. So you're a bit like um, Russell, uh, not Russell, the dog out of Up, where he goes squirrel. That's probably like every person with ADHD, not a man. So, anyway. <laughs> so, anyway, the TARDIS... Get halfway through a conversation, squirrel! Yeah. yeah. The TARDIS is found by the Eternals, who make it vanish. Trapped on board the Edwardian ship, the Doctor and his companions go on deck in spacesuits. Turlo hears the voice of the Black Guardian taunting him, saying that he's do. Oh, sorry. He is doomed to eternal life aboard the ship, unable to take the strain. And his name's Doug. He, yeah, that is... That's the one. Doug. Anyway, unable to take the strain, he leaps overboard into space, and that's the end of part two. So part three is Turlo is rescued by the Buccaneer, which is the pirate ship commanded by... And what is the bird's name? I don't know. Kevin. Kevin. Okay. I haven't watched it for ages, but Even though it's a girl bird, it's called Kevin. I haven't haven't watched it for a long time, baby. Carl calls it Kevin. Anyway, the Buccaneer, the pirate ship, is commanded by Captain Rack. And she is played by, mm? who is Captain Whack played by? Or Rack? Whack, I don't Whack. know. That's the same woman who used to do that stupid freaking thing on Come outdoors. CB. No. Well, going outdoors. What is it? Come outside. That's what it's called. Yeah, come outside. Well, she's in the plane. For, for With the stupid dog. Yeah, for international listers. Probably don't know who that is. There was like a children's sort of... TV show. TV show that was like a sort of educational show more than anything. Like, And she'd you know, fly a plane with her dog and they'd go yeah, to like but... factories to see how things were yeah, made but and one, stuff like that. Where the hell is she landing this plane? Well, that's because it. Because most it? of the time when she's gone to these things, they're in the middle of the city. Where the hell is she landing the plane? And how the hell does she got permission to have a plane in her back so garden? the actress who played. She had a plane in her back garden. Yeah, I know. Well, how'd you get permission for that for? Ed Sheeran can't even get permission for a pool. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Um, anyway, <laughs> so Captain Rack was played by Alinda Barron. And She's she actually died um, last year. Yeah, last she actually year, passed away yeah. last year. And she was also in Open All Hours. I know. With As, um, Ronnie Barker and. Yeah, the nurse David he was always Jason. out of. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I can't remember what her name is. Oh, I can't remember for her life of me. Um, let's have a look at her fandom page and see but that come outside thing the kids used to watch it on Mary Hell and it was really annoying 
She, I think they just wanted the dog. She was um, Nurse Gladys. That's it. Was. And she was also in Doctor Who previously before as well. She played a singer in The Gunfighters. So that's quite a while right. ago. And she's also in New Who, but we will get up to that and uh, we'll, expl- uh, we'll mention Oh, no, mention speaking, speaking of, one of the New Who things came up on my Facebook page today. Okay. There was actually um, a picture of... Shooty Gatwa with the inside of his TARDIS. Yes. And to be honest... And also, as we're recording this, Barbie has just launched, and that has got Shooty Gatwa in it. And there is, at the moment, a pink TARDIS next to the Thames. One. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Two. The problem is, is the inside of the TARDIS... Looks weird. It looks too space agey. Well, we'll see. It's when like when it you get down. one of them slides on a playground. And it just looks crap, you mm. know. It just it looks way too space agey, very minimalistic, and that's like, you know, it looks very sort of sixties fied to the point of where as like how they expected the future to be. Mm. And to me, I still prefer how the TARDIS used to be with Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant. Yeah, well, we'll and see God what... God knows how, how the hell that's We'll happened. see what it looks like when But, you and... know, it's... And there was also another thing that came up above it, and it was the um, Partners in Crime episode mm. with all the adipose going up on the ship and waving, and I'm like... Yeah. And he and he was like, "I'm waving too." F-. Uh, yeah, I think it was Donna who was saying, "I'm waving too fat," and I'm sitting there thinking, "Yeah, I could do with doing that." Yeah, you know, don't you? <laughs> Can't we all? Uh, we could all do with the. But I, I kind of, it kind of makes me really jealous because I'm like sitting there thinking, "Well, they have these pills and they basically do this little twisty thing, and they r- literally fall off and run away." Mm. All right, I wouldn't want mine to fall off and run away. I'd want to keep one as a pet. Mm. Well, we but, are, we will get onto that episode when we get there. That's, that's that is probably the that future. is one of my favourite Doctor Donna episodes mm. because so, it's just yeah. so funny. Well, we'll we'll get onto that eventually. Anyway, so aboard the Buccaneer, Captain, but they are so cute. Captain Rack, uh, toys, although I do have a keyring and toys, I do sad- have a toy adipose. Toys sadistically with Turlo with a knife, but he convinces her that he jumped aboard to throw in his lot with her to find out the secret of how she will win the race. Rack sends her first mate. To... I'm just wondering why is she called Rack because the whole time I was thinking, is it maybe because she's got a massive like corset on and pushing her boobs up? Maybe, maybe, maybe they had her in mind when they wrote it. <laughs> anyway, well, she is so... a very chesty woman. Anyway, she sends her first mate. To present or should Captain... I say she was a very trusty woman? Yep. To present uh, Captain Davy, one of the other competitors with a red jeweled sword and party invitations to the other captains. So her first mate obviously was nice to see. It was actually a black actor. Again, there's not many black adders. Uh, black ad- see, I'm really thinking of black ad- black adder now. Black actors. In Doctor Who. There's yeah. not very many, so it's nice to see it. But that's because you've been watching Tony Robertson. Yeah, I know. Um, I have been watching a bit of his <laughs> documentaries and stuff like that. But yes. the thing is, well, yeah, without me, evil. And there's an advert on Sky at the minute where it's Black Adam with the Yeah, rock. but they keep, keep saying, saying Black Adder. It's what yeah, it that really like. annoyed me because yeah. when I first heard that, I weren't actually watching the telly. I was listening to it. 
and I was actually doing some crochet or knitting or something, and I heard him say Black Adder, and I got really excited because it said, "Oh, it, Black Adder, um, now coming on to in cinemas or something like that, or whatever it was." And I was like, "Oh, oh really? Yeah. I think I'd, you'd have told me that." And well, then I looked at it, and it was The Rock. I was like, "Oh." Well, before we have thought about different podcast ideas, we have tried to get like another one but it's just too too much work to do two podcasts at once so we'll just concentrate on one but at the end of this podcast if we do want to continue and do something else black adder is always the th- a possibility the thing is though with, it, with this podcast i think is obviously you know there's no end in sight for doctor who there is and no end because to but to be honest i kind of like it that way because you know that had like such a big gap between, you know, Paul well, McGann and eventually it will get to the point Huston. where we catch up, and then it will be like months to a year before we release release a podcast on Doctor Who, and that's where we can get other little things like a Black Adder podcast Dad's or Army. some other stuff over there, Dad's Army podcast or whatever to fill in the gap while we wait for the next episode. So. We're we're get we're getting quite close to New Who now. It's not going to be very much longer. Um, we are. I just feel that we're flying through Peter Davison. We're over halfway now through Peter Davison's tenure as a Doctor already. So um, when do you think we'll end up at New Who? Um, probably the beginning of next year. I reckon. Um, I like Christopher Eccleston. Being as we're over Although halfway this year already. Although that terror so. that um Autons mm. episode freaked me out for mannequin shopping mannequins mm. for a very long time and i still don't go near them well we will get onto that eventually because so, they creep me out anyway on board the edwardian ship striker refuses the invitation but the doctor accepts hoping to retrieve turlow mariner offers to escort tegan and the doctor to the buccaneer as an asteroid storm hits the ship as davy's ship draws level with the buccaneer rack takes turlow down to the hold and shows him the entrance to a locked chamber with a vacuum shield but leaves him outside when she enters through the door turlow hears the voice of the black guardian davy's ship explodes apparently hit by an asteroid asteroid the doctor asteroid yeah the Doctor, though, again, An suspects astronaut. otherwise, especially since, like Sitaras's ship, Davies was also challenging the Buccaneers. So there's a little bit of a sort of wink-wink there. Kind wink, of wink, it's all nudge, down nudge. to the, the Buccaneer. On board the Buccaneer for the party, the Doctor and Tegan mingle. Uh, Tegan gets a costume change. Mm. She maybe should have been called Captain Rack. You were saying about her our outfit that she's been wearing, her new outfit... Has not been the most flattering of outfits to Janet yeah, Janet Fields, Fielding's uh, figure, and I don't think she. Uh, I think I've read somewhere she didn't actually like that outfit. You can understand why, because it does actually just squish everything at top. But she wears a ball gown, doesn't she? With uh, obviously it's a wig because she's got short hair, so she's obviously got longer sort of uh, sort of uh, frizzier curly hair. So she's got more hair. So it's obviously a wig with a tiara on it. Yeah, but a lot of people in that sort of era actually in, you know, Edwardian times, Georgian times and all that sort of thing mm. used to wear that sort of stuff. So to to, to put it as, as, as delicately as we can here, it, it accentuates Janet Fielding's frame. Let's just say that. So it's no longer flat, as Becky said. I didn't say they were flat. I just said it wasn't very flattering. 
Well, it, it was, was very not... flattering. Well, no. It, what I'm saying... Whereas this outfit doesn't... No. ...flatting anything. I said it wasn't very flattering. It was very flattening. Yeah. Well, this, this ball gown she wears is not very flat. Flat. Flattening. Yeah. It's very flattering. Yeah. So, Turlo sneaks In off. In English, Matt's very happy that you can see her boobs. Jeanette Fielding was a... I'm not going to say was. She still is uh, a very attractive woman. You know, she's just... It's her own. It's, it's what it is, isn't it? Um, anyway, Turlo sneaks off to examine the locked chamber. He finds an eye-shaped grid open to space. Talk to me again about that when Tenant comes on. Mm. But a pirate locks the door and turns off the vacuum shield. Unfortunately for the Doctor... Fortunately, the doctor finds Turlo before Even he suffocates. My mum's got a thing for Paul McGann. Mm. Weirdo. We, we will get onto him quite soon as well. The doctor notices <clears throat> the eye-shaped projector above the grid. He theorises that this must be how Rack transmits the power to destroy the other ships with some sort of focus. He remembers Sitarash is wearing an out-of-place clasp with a red crystal. Turlo tells him of Rack's gift to Davy, and the doctor realises the red crystal is the focus. Before they can act on it, they are captured by Rack's first mate. Meanwhile, Rack has managed to lure Tegan away from the party to her wheelhouse. She freezes her in time and plants a red crystal in her tiara. So, obviously, she just wants to eliminate all the competition because I just she's wonder playing... how that happened to be a convenient hole in the tiara. I know. But plot, th- th- a plot hole. Yeah, but the thing say. is, when they go to destroy it, hmm. right, that's like... He's trying to get pick it all up and get rid of it. There's still slivers we'll, of we'll it get onto that. flashing yeah, on in, the floor. That's in this next part. And part I'm four. sitting there thinking, right, because you ain't got a hoover. Mm. And we you don't... ain't going to get that up because this, I swear, no matter, you know full well, when you break something that's glass, there will be the tiniest. There are pieces everywhere. Like, you... Tiniest bit of slither of something somewhere. And you can hoover that till the cows come home. And you can hoover and hoover and hoover it till for about the next ten years. But mm. at some point, you you know, even after those ten years, you're bound to get a bit in your foot because, mm. you know, we we had what a broken glass oh, yeah. in the bathroom, and I had, I think that had been done in there like about three years ago, and I only stood on the actual glass and cut my foot open a few months back. Mm, I know. It's just, they get everywhere. And because it's glass, it's see-through, so you don't really see everything. Mm. But anyway, we'll get onto that in a minute. So yeah, but you've, re- four, you've redone the floor since then as yeah. well. So that's obviously crept somewhere. Yeah, part four. Before, brought before uh, Rack, Turlo. So then your foot was your fault because you're the one who left the empty Jack Daniels bottle in the kitchen, okay. which then the cat knocked off the unit. Okay. Brought before Rack, Turlo accuses the Doctor of being a spy and claims he was trying to capture him. Rack sends the Doctor, Tegan and Mariner back to the... is it a first name? Edwardian ship, what? Rack. Who knows? Probably surname. That's what I would think. Anyway, the Doctor believes Turlo is trying to prove himself trustworthy by stopping Rack. Unfortunately, Rack sees into Turlo's mind (laughs) because obviously they can read minds. No, that just makes me laugh every time you say Rack. Okay, well. You can sit there smirking away then. <laughs> she is about to sentence him to walk the plank. She pauses when Turlo tells her that he too serves the Black Guardian because obviously he heard the voice 
in the chamber and he's kind of using that now to sort of save his life as it is as the ship nears the crystalline space station of enlightened enlighteners i wonder what my rack would look like in one of them dresses mm. i'll have to hire one and then we can see Anyway, so the buccaneer pulls level with the awarding ship. Rack brings Turlo again to the <laughs> chamber, this time letting him witness the summoning the power Stretch of the Black rack. Guardian. Yeah, the doctor, seeing the buccaneer pull close, realizes the focus must be must have been smuggled aboard somehow. When he describes it, Tegan tells her him about the crystal in the tiara. The doctor smashes the crystal, but only multiplies the power by the number of fragments. So when it's one jewel, it's like one source of power shall we say when he smashed it it just basically multiplied the power mm. so he has to then gather up all the pieces rush up to the deck and just in time hurl it overboard before it explodes so look like, but he says when you can see it it's kind of like a bit of a plot hole because when they're picking up the little pieces there are pieces because it's the worst flooring to smash it on as well it's like carpeted like long pile carpet or whatever you want to call it where it's got like loads mm. of fibres. To pick all the little bits up is a little bit difficult. Which means that's all going to get in between the bits of the piles of carpet, and you could hoover that till the cows I, come I, in, I but suppose, it's still going to get stuck. I suppose you could you could argue that because he, he collected the majority of it up. Put it this way, it's like trying to tweeze your eyebrows after putting super glue on them. I'm, I'm guessing like the little bits that were left that would cause like little sparks or something, that's, that's probably how you would get around it, I suppose. So... Nah, personally, like I say, trying to get glass up out of carpets is like trying to pluck your eyebrows after you super glued them. Mm. Anyway, the solar winds dies and Rack pulls ahead of the awarding ship. The Doctor demands the TARDIS to be released to him to stop Rack from winning and Stryker reveals that it was concealed in the Doctor's own mind. Travelling in it to the Buccaneer, the Doctor tries to reason with Rack but her first mate shows up with Turlo and she orders the Doctor thrown into space. While Tegan watches from the awarding ship, two bodies are ejected into space and the Buccaneer reaches the finish. Mariner is fascinated by the grief that Tegan experiences while believing the Doctor was killed by Rack. The human crew of the Buccaneer vanishes as Tegan, Stryker and Mariner aboard to give them respects to their victors. So I'm guessing that because they get to because they've won the race now all the human people, people go back, go to, back where to where they came from. That's yeah. kind of it. So uh, the Enlighteners turn out to be the Black and the White Guardian, funny enough. And the winner is, shock horror, the Doctor, who brought the ship in with Turlo's help when Rack and her first mate met with an accident. So obviously they were pushed overboard. The Doctor, however, refuses the diamond crystal holding Enlightenment, saying that he's not ready for it. The White Garden demisses Stryker and Mariner. Mariner resists. He wants to stay with Tegan. However, neither Tegan nor the White Guardian is moved by his pleading. So this is where they say about love. Is he in love with her? But he's just fascinated by her mind. You could, if you want to go deeper, you could say he's fascinated because of like maybe because she's a little bit damaged as well because of the Mara. Maybe you could go a little bit deeper, but anyway, he and Stryker then vanish into eternity. So everyone's gone now, even the Eternals. As Turlo helped the Doctor bring the ship in, he is entitled to a portion of the prize. The Black Guardian reminds Turlo of their bargain and says that he can give up the diamond or sacrifice the Doctor to gain both Enlightenment and the TARDIS. Because I think it's because he saved. Is it because he saved the Doctor's life? Yeah. Uh, he's kind of indebted to him, so he's basically he can give him the Doctor or not. Anyway, 
Tello sort of struggles with the decision for a minute, but then hurls the diamond at the Black Guardian, who vanishes in screams and flames. So I don't think that's going to be the end of the Black Guardian somehow. They always come back, don't they? Well, no, not only that, the um, Light Guardian also basically said that he will be back because they have to coexist together. Yeah, there's always a light in the Because if he was destroyed, then he would have been destroyed yeah. as well. Taking out his contact cr- cube... Which is that little? It's not really a cube. It's kind of like uh, that sort of crystal. Looks like a thing, cupcake. Yeah, that he keeps talking to. It lights up. Uh, Turlo finds that what was once a diamond is now nothing more than a lump of black cracked carbon. He tosses it into the flames of the Black Guardian, and the Doctor then points out that enlightenment was actually not that diamond at all, but the choice itself. So it's a very interesting premise that that they got to that idea i think that's quite interesting that mm. the white guardian warns again that the black guardian will return even angrier now that he has been thwarted twice and then vanishes tolo asks the doctor to take him back to his home planet and the doctor agrees and that's the end of the serial so there's obviously going to be a little bit where they're going to try and get him back i'm guessing so also um I have said that each season 20 is obviously 20th anniversary of Doctor Who uh, and every story had an element or an enemy from the past. This one I find is a little bit of a cop out, to be honest, because we've kind of had the Black Guardian every single serial of this trilogy. So the thing that came back was the Black Guardian, which is a bit of a cop out because he's back anyway. So anyway... Next week is the King's Demon, and that one I think is um, a big, big throwback. I think that's a quite good one. I think, no thinking about it. Um, there's not really anything in the show notes. There is one thing I want to mention, which I, th- I read it and I thought it was interesting as well. That Becky's mentioned it before about the celery. We actually have a little bit of a. Uh, Salary replacement. Yes, he actually replaced it uh, when he went to the Buccaneer and he had that dinner party with Tegan when she's in the ball gown. He sort of saw the celery and he kind of... Salary, yeah. Yeah, salary. Celery, he picked it out and he's kind of looking at it and he kind of changed his for fresh celery. But somebody, I read something that was quite interesting, which is that he has uh, he has acquired these celery sticks from two cereals now, Castrovalva. And now this one, Enlightenment, and they're both stories about figments of the mind. So it's quite interesting that the celery is not actually real. That's probably why it never ages. I thought that was a very interesting plot point. Whether or not that's what they thought when they gave him the celery, Mm. it's probably not. That's probably somebody reading into it too much. But well, most people like have premise. flowers on lapels, not celery. So. Well, I thought that was a really good idea, and I quite like that. Well, no, it's kind of like a kooky thing, isn't it? Because, you know, he's a bit kooky, and normally people have flowers on their lapels, or, you know, even sort of like fans or something like that. But, you know, mm. to have a vegetable, it's kind yeah. of like, you know. So that is enlightenment. So that's the end of the Black Guardian trilogy. What do you think of the Black Guardian trilogy, first of all? As long as no one else has a spring onion, because those buggers will make you cry. Well, that's it. So what Especially you... them biggins. So what did you think of the Black Guardian trilogy, then, Becky, as mm. a whole? <sighs> I don't know. It was a bit up and down, to be fair. 
it is a bit up and down. I quite like the fact that we had we did see the the brigadier. I think that was quite nice that they brought him back for a little bit. Apart from liked, that, it was very meh. I liked the. Um, was it last week? No, it wasn't last week. Yeah, it was or was it the Mordred Undead? It's the Mordred Undead. Uh, my favourite is probably Mordred Undead. I think they started off really, really strong. I think Enlightenment was probably my second favourite, and then Terminus last week was probably my third favourite. So, I weren't too keen, or they were about all the same level to okay. me. So, what, so average, average serial this week, then Becky? Is that what Pretty you were much. saying? Right. Yep. Well, let's see what uh, Mark Campbell thought. So let's. Before I actually read it, let's keep in mind that the, the poll that coming at number 75, did I say? Number 75. So it's in the top 100. So let's have a look and see what he says. So beautifully directed with a real sense of wonder. I've got to admit the sets were quite good. I think that's what he's getting out here. Although there were times when the Dr. Teagan and the Mariner guy were kind of running around the corridor and you could see it was kind of like a box shape set or a rectangle-shaped set where mm. the stairs are in the middle and there's two lots of stairs at each end and they kind of run around in a circle. So they go down one side, go mm. around the corner and then go up the other side and it makes it look like it's like different thing, you know, longer than what it is. That is a trait of Doctor Who. That's kind of what they did. They kind of went down one corridor, stopped, reshot it from a different angle so it looks like it's a different corridor but it's not it's the same yeah. this one it's a little bit more obvious but anyway yeah the sets were quite good i did actually quite like the sets they are quite grand in this one this is where the budget went uh keith baron is surprisingly good as the soulless eternal wanderer so who did he play he played striker that's who he played the captain and there are some generally exciting moments apparently in this one I don't know about that. I think that's a bit of a stretch. But anyway. Why is he looking at the rack? Maybe. That's it. Very exciting in places. So he gave it a 9 out of 10. Still saying he's looking at the rack. I do think 9 out of 10 is a little bit high. But uh, I don't think it's... He was looking at the rack, I tell I th- you. I think it's more of like a 6, six or a 7 in my eyes. But The dude yeah. was looking at the rack. Maybe. What, Captain Rack? Rack's rack. Yeah, rack, rack. That's what we're dumbing it now. <laughs> so next week is uh, the King's Demon. I think it is. Yeah, the yeah, King's Demons. It's a two-parter, and we'll get a possibly another companion, is what I'm thinking. <sighs> it's a very interesting companion, I will say this one. Uh, maybe it was a, um, a bit of a... We'll see. I'm not going to say failure, but... You'll know what I mean when we get there, Becky. Uh, so then that. And then uh, I think it's best to say now what's going to happen because in we're recording this on the 14th of the 7th, just before it goes out on Sunday. Um, then next week, we've got a normal week. So we'll do the King's Demons. We're also going to fit in the last serial of season 20, which was the big anniversary, the five Doctors that we're going to... Rec- fit the recording in there's going to be no break in the schedule it's going to be a normal seasonal mm. season it's not going to it's not going to break but for us there will be a break because we're actually going on holiday or for our american listeners a vacation for a few days so we won't be able to record so we're trying to get it in so there won't be a break but we will have a couple of weeks off but we'll only have one week off we know what we mean just keep listening and then you'll know what we mean when we get there. So, yeah, 
so next time is going to be the King's Demons. Uh, that kind of rounds up the kind of normal season. I think I think we will go through a season review next week because it's kind of like the last thing. And then there's kind of like a special. I don't really class that as part of the season, as it were. I kind of class that as special. A bit like how we're going to get the 60th anniversary special. It's not part of a season or a series, is it? So, But we will get that done. I think we'll wrap up the season and then have a special. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's what mm-hmm. we'll do. Anyway, so, yeah. So let us know what you thought of uh, the Black Guardian trilogy, Enlightenment. Is it thought of still favorably or not? Let us know on the social medias that are in the description. And I think we'll wrap it up there. So thank you all for listening. And we will catch you for the King's Demons next week. So I'll say goodbye. Say goodbye, Becky. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.